You are listening to Indie Creators in the Joy Zone with your host, Thomas Ardovani and Suzanne Toro. We are streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Let's jump into the Joy Zone. Look at that, it's working now. We, look, 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 look what we got here. Okay, let's get Autumn Sky up here so we can celebrate her her artistry and all that goes along with this extraordinary work. I'm gonna pull up on these pictures and lay that in so people can immediately gain a perspective on what the heck is going on here. Oh, and and yeah. why we're even talking to her in the first place. Yeah, look at that so bear you're... picture. Oh my oh. God, look at that bear And picture. I hibernated. I had a bear hibernate under the bedroom that I was in while I was up there. Oh, wow. So that painting made me smile when I so, saw that. So, Autumn, you're on Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. You're here with Thomas Ardovani and Suzanne Toro. We're really happy to have you. It's a mm. celebration of art, artists, uh, your way, and, and how you find your way into your best self and, and do your work. And, you know, our audience is really interested in how how you do that like what why paint why do tell us what you do exactly what we're looking at how you <laughs> fill up your days in canada you're in canada right i'm in canada oh, cool. uh well <laughs> well first of all thank you so much to both of you for having me on it's a real honor i've been uh dancing in and out of collaboration with suzanne for quite some years and it's a pleasure to reconnect with you and to meet you thomas so thanks thanks for reaching out and for bringing me in way up the coast, same coastline, different climate. (laughs) Uh, So I am a painter. I am an artist. I feel like I've always been an artist and uh, I never actually even really knew the concept of what is an artist or what am I going to be when I grow up? It just always was innate to me and part of my blood and bones. So I was always making pictures and, uh, before I could talk or walk, my mom says that I was drawing and making things. So it's just my, uh, it's my breath and it's my joy. And so it has taken me on a beautiful journey. And I can honestly say that the greatest blessing in my life is that I was never told not to. So I was completely supported through my childhood and my youth and by my family and my teachers and my peers. And so it has just continued to unfold uh, with not a lot of hiccups along the way and has brought me to beautiful places and brought me to teaching and uh, to just sharing my work in new ways. And 
Well, well, well listen, that, that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting blast off there. Nobody, nobody obstructed you because it, did, were the people not getting in your way? Did they have any concept uh, as to what an artist was, or were they artists themselves, or uh, how did that how did that work out? Um, it's a very creative family. My family on both sides, but especially wow. on my mom's side, uh, was particularly musical. So uh, symphony orchestra musicians and conductors and uh, my mom is a singer-songwriter um, my uncle was an incredible painter and draftsman uh, both grandmas had a knack for the visual arts as well and it just was always encouraged and supported and I remember even as a kid getting art supplies for Christmas or for my birthday and sort of being annoyed like these are my tools. They're not toys. Like, give me something <laughs> fun and weird, and I'll get my own tools. But uh, now, no, in retrospect, no Barbies, no Barbies for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just really wanted one of those little cars that you could drive. Oh, I did too. <laughs> I, so wanted... I could go to the store. <laughs> I know. I, well, we drove across Canada a number of times as a family, uh, moving and traveling and. I was born on the East Coast and we went back and forth so many times and I always just had this fantasy of like driving in tandem but independent and just like cruising in my little like <laughs> convertible car. <laughs> I oh thought it was God. really a realistic wish. But yeah. uh, now in retrospect, I see that those art supplies and that always sort of just gentle encouragement. I was never pressured, um, just always supported whatever I wanted to do. My mom would say, go outside, it's beautiful out. and. I'd be like gather up all my art supplies and I would go outside and sit under a tree. That was my way of being outside. And so it's, uh, yeah, it was just always there. And I think that they saw that they saw the natural inclination and, um, from that inclination and that practice, the natural skill that came through that. Um, yeah. and just, knew that I would do something with it. And I feel like from a very, very early age, I've had a deep knowing that I was here to share inspiration with a lot of people. Mm. And I don't claim to know what that's going to look like. I still feel like I'm just getting started. Oh. And uh, it's just a journey. You have such incredible medicine with your work. When we got on, I felt it again. Um, mm. I, you know. Someday I will have one of your original pieces. I have prints, but what does that mean, <laughs> Madison? You know, it's know. powerful. She, you she have a very, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're an alchemist for sure, uh, fine artist. That you know, it's what we were just talking about. Our past, because our past gets is the energy that you put into it, and there's something that you're pulling beyond. I think you're in such a divine space. I would imagine when you're painting. I mean, the time. That you were here in LA doing live performance. I remember sitting out. I think we discussed in the interview we did, but I didn't enter that day. But I ended up with the print of the painting you were doing at that live performance in downtown LA. It was strong medicine. I was like, I can't go in there. <laughs> it's like I could feel it. But what a beautiful piece. Well, what, what, what is that medicine she's talking about, uh, Autumn? What, what is she talking about? I mean, what are you? What, what kind of juju are you putting in these paints? <laughs> Well, I would say that the more you feel from a painting, the better job I've done at getting out of the way. So oh, when you connect... Whole, that's right. Getting out of the way? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, Lord, getting out of the way. Focus, focus. Um, 
Well, I really that believe beautiful. I think I think that I think that sounds if we can get off of this podcast and you clarify that one thing, <laughs> you have done a great service to the entire planet. Okay, well, I'll do my best. Um, to me, the creative process is a dance of the masculine feminine, the in-breath, out-breath, that the act of receiving and action. And so if we can hone our skills, hone our craft, show up, you know, step in front of the canvas again and again and really dedicate a lot of time and energy and diligence to it, um, then we can come to a place where we can relax into the knowing of our craft and simultaneously get out of the way, meaning, uh, surrender to the creative process, surrender to what it wants to come through and let go of what we think it should look like. I think so often people get themselves into creative blocks or challenges with the creative process when we get so hung up with what we think it's supposed to look like. We have this grand vision that pours through us from some sort of experience and we want to put that down on canvas and we sit down in front of it and we start drawing some lines and immediately it looks nothing like it. Um, even like, if we dedicate- like you're describing like preconceptions or- Exactly, or pre yeah, if we have a, right? a vision or if we go on some sort of you know journey, whether it be through um, meditation or the dream state or plant medicines or whatever it is that brings that vision to your fruition or uh, even looking at a sunset or a beautiful field of flowers mm. we want to time like encapsulate that and put it on the canvas and portray it exactly how we see it while forgetting that we are in a dance with inspiration and so if we can show up, like I say, show up and do the work while also listening to the possibility of being surprised at what it might end up looking like, yeah. um, being open to surprises, being open to working past what we might perceive as a mistake and seeing it more as an opportunity for a door being flung open and us push, uh, being pushed through it. So that's what i mean by getting out of the way it's it's not like you go into some sort of trance state and you're no longer present it's very much more mundane than that really we're sitting there we're doing the work <laughs> hours fly by we might be listening to a podcast or music or the birds outside are having a conversation with a friend and meanwhile worlds are unfolding on the canvas in front of us and you know when you're dancing and then you realize that you've been dancing for four hours and you don't realize it, or when you're driving or when you're walking in the woods or cooking or making love or any one of these actions that we do and we can slip into this state of Zen. It, it's Samadhi, that place you, of no you, 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 you do Zen when you make love? <laughs> Hopefully, you know, sometimes we're in our head and we're like, Oh God, how do I look? Oh, and you can go to those places too with art. You can like, oh shit, I made a mistake. Oh no, I, you know, the elbow is wrong. Like you got to keep showing up and looking and like, 
being diligent about perspective and proportions and lighting consistency and all the things that make a painting convincing, especially when you're working with realism, as I do, you need to pay attention. But can when you define, I do, can you find, define realism as, as far as your uh, the, the the type of painting that you do? Uh, how do you how do you define that? Yeah, I I consider my work uh, magic realism. If I'm to put a label on it, you know, it it falls into the classification of visionary art and surrealism sometimes, um, and magic realism because it's often like the piece you're showing here. Middle way is uh, a realistic figure to a certain extent, but then she's in this environment that's very much obviously not real and not a photograph. So there's photorealism that you can't tell the difference between it being a photograph or a painting. And then there's surrealism and there's all these different forms of realism. So yeah, realism is just going for a realistic approach. And even a lot of very loose painterly impressionistic paintings can be considered realism. Um, as can highly refined, meticulously painted uh, landscapes or figures. Right. So, yeah, it's realism to an extent. And well, you, yeah. you feel like you can just touch it and engage with it. You know. What do you mean? What are you talking about? That's magical stuff. It looks like they're in some other planet. Well, there you go. That's magic realism. Right. Magic realism. So, so this concept of magic. How do you how do you how do you understand that? Like what um, is magic? I think magic, uh, like the visionary realms uh, of visionary art, is it just speaks to the worlds unseen. Maybe the worlds of mystery. The. Um, place of unknowing or dream states or feeling and intuition so to me magic is you know everything outside of the concrete countertop that uh that's in front of you or it's just the mystery i don't know you don't magic subscribe to the hogwarts hogwarts uh, theory <laughs> of magic or, or harry potter <laughs> magic or anything like that I would like to. It's pretty funky, but uh, and I I do subscribe to a fair amount of magic. I've had experiences of uh, you know very tangible, intuitive moments that feel like magic, or seeing spectacular sunsets that very clearly are earth magic. And I um I don't know how much magic needs to be fit in a box really or labeled concretely i think, I think that, that the less we can do that the more magical it is really yeah. ah. the mystery ah. are you saying the magic shows up when you're out of your own way is that what you're trying to say? Ah, i would say that would be accurate hey, yeah hey, hey. you're getting it or maybe you're just testing me you already know <laughs> no. well you definitely bridge the unseen i would say the mystery uh, when you get out of the way yourself and you reveal your secret. <laughs> and, and I was curious when you were talking about you as a little girl, I was imagining you like running out into the, you know, under the tree. Uh, do you remember what your first like creation was where it was something that you would hang on the wall as a little kid? Mm. 
well, I think my parents were very good sports and they would hang my early <laughs> art on the wall, even though no, but you know, they weren't necessarily spectacular. <laughs> yeah, and lots of my paintings too. I, I got pretty ambitious even all the way through high school. Uh, my art teacher was incredibly supportive and he just set my grade at 98% and then said, go for it. Oh. Do whatever you want. And because he knew that I would actually make a lot more art if I had total freedom, and I did. I made a lot of art wow. and I was very experimental and playful and ambitious and just made a lot of art. And uh, so that I felt was really um, encouraging and freeing. Did he do that for and everyone or did he just do that for you? I think it was just me. Well, wow. so <laughs> I'm be a sure that's of, of a perfectionist. I'm definitely a perfectionist, okay, yeah. So but I've also <laughs> learned to work with work with the mistakes and to experiment and so yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think he's like probably of every sort of class of students that come through the teachers see somebody at least one student who has a natural inclination to it right. um and who have a passion for it and if, t if the teacher is doing their job, they nurture that and support it and uh, and give that student as much challenge and freedom simultaneously as they can, I think is the best way. Mm, and that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> you know, you know it, it's funny. It, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, like we have you like in an interview situation. So it's like even in your interview situation, we're not really getting down to the bottom of what motivates you as a, as a human uh, the, the, the the ground floor of inspiration that as you sit and all of a sudden things begin to occur and all of a sudden your hand starts to move over the canvas and uh, what sort of experience you're actually having because I, I think it's important for well, why am I getting reverb are you getting reverb over there no not for me are we okay um, I forget what I was gonna say wasn't gonna say you said at the transition of when she's working from imagination and picking up her brush and uh, preparing to cross the canvas. Yeah, because understand, like, like you're, you're... You are listening to Indie Creators in the Joy Zone with your host, Thomas Artivani and Suzanne Toro. We are streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Let's jump into the Joy Zone. experience as an artist within the dynamic of your work is a very special place that humans go to realize their potential or to discover what they really may be through this skill that you've developed. Uh, it's a, I, I guess it can be an intimate place, it can be uh, an undescribable place, but uh, what we do know is that when the artist lands in their element that there's a certain type of empowerment or bliss or or uh, freedom that can occur, and that's important because you know what the you know what the first thing they do in our schools when they run out of money is they remove uh -huh. our art part art department. It's really true. 
And it's like they've just removed an element that you get to experience on a daily basis if you're working daily. That's kind of sacred, right? <laughs> Wouldn't you like everybody to experience, especially kids, to go, wow, my art or my craft or my even my athleticism brings me to this place where I have ultimate freedom? Yeah, Do you feel like an obligation to share that gift or that experience with your community yet? Definitely. Um, I feel like it's always been there for me, maybe more quietly in my youth, but uh, I was always you know, seeing if my friends want to make art and getting creative and making things and drawing pictures and showing them as much as I, as I knew to, to support them. And now more recently, for the last decade, I've been teaching uh, more seriously. I teach a, a number of retreats throughout the year. I do. Yeah, I'm yeah, a teacher. And uh, that's been amazing, you know, having these groups of anywhere from 20 to 30 students at a time, anywhere from three to 10 days, and diving really deep in the creative process. And I welcome students of all walks of life all age groups and all experience levels and a lot of the people that come have not made art if ever but often mm -hmm. since they were a traumatized child told that they <laughs> were not good at art or that they um they would be a starving artist or you know your sister's the artist don't even bother or <laughs> don't waste paper or get a real job all wow. of those stories that that we internalize as a child. And that's why I say that the fact that I was never told not to make art is the biggest blessing of my life because I wasn't stifled in that way that, that sadly, tragically, most people are in some way. And if you can pinpoint that voice and say, oh, that was my second grade teacher or that was my uncle or that was my mom or whatever, if we can pinpoint the voice and say, ah, I know that where that voice comes from so we can work with it and move forward mm -hmm. in the in the face of that voice knowing that it's not true it's just an opinion of somebody that they might not have even meant it in that way that i took it as a small vulnerable child but often people can't even pinpoint that voice and so they've internalized it and it's become their voice and they say oh I can't even draw a stick. I hear that all the time. I can't even draw a stick man. I can't even draw a straight line with a ruler. And it's it's this sort of They're right excuse. though. They're right though. The part that said I can't can't. But the, well, luckily, they can't. luckily, luckily the artist can. So they have to find that yeah. artist in there, right? Absolutely. They can't if they don't try. And that's what I see with teaching is the absolute miracles that happen when people give themselves permission to try and i'm standing behind them cheering them on saying you're doing great you're keep going keep going um whereas if they're isolated in their own home and they think oh maybe i'm going to try drawing a picture and then sure enough after five minutes it doesn't look like it's supposed to look and they think they've failed somehow or they try for five days and it doesn't look like the painting that they saw in the gallery that really inspired them. And again, they think they've failed. So instead, they're in this environment surrounded by peers of all different varying um, skill levels, with me being their diligent cheerleader, telling them to just stay with it and to give them all the tools that they can have every step of the way. So just tools and tricks and techniques and, and support. 
they every single time surprise themselves at what they're capable of. And it just is the most beautiful thing to witness this empowerment that people step into of the healing that's available through the creative process. Because it's not just that old story that they're healing. Again and again, it's the pattern that we experience in the creative process that echoes how we walk in the world. Mm. And so what is that voice? You know, what are my internal voices and dialogue saying to me? Are they saying you're, you're rubbish, give up? Or are they saying that's not good enough? Keep going, try harder. That that's never going to be good enough. Or are they saying, Oh, this is boring. Like this is scary. Move on. There's all these ways that we self-sabotage through those internal voices and those come blaringly to the surface in the creative process it's it's you know so recognizing is this a moment that i need to cut myself some slack and step away and get a cup of tea or get some perspective or ask for help or is this a moment that i need to do more show up you know more attentively and uh, try harder and this is where I would usually walk away from a creative project or from a relationship or from a job or how does this echo in my life and people it's always these aha moments of wow this is exactly what I experience in my relationships or my careers or so that, so that teaching, how, about, how about that though but what the, I mean you as a creator the moment you started teaching uh, as you know, I'm a teacher, I'm a performing arts teacher, so I, I kind of can have a little insight into my own experience. But without the, without teaching, I feel uh, I would not have had a space to expand. It's like when you're teaching, you're, you're giving, you're casting your pearls, and you're seeing people take those things and open doors, and then it creates more space for you to make discoveries in your own work for your, mm-hmm. for your students. Do you have that symbiosis going on? With your Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. say that... It, to to learn you teach right and it's so true so when i started teaching people asked me for years if i taught and i thought i don't know anything i just do the thing but then they would ask me a specific question about a technique or a um some sort of issue that they're having creatively and i would be able to speak clearly into their journey so when i started teaching i realized quickly that i needed to distill my process down into a very simplified but thorough process and uh that only taught me to be more efficient more effective pay more yeah. attention and so yeah, it here, really here, here in america we yeah. did have a they were saying those that teach can't do and it's kind <laughs> right. of like this but then then you have then you realize that the japanese realize that you can't you don't really know until you teach so uh-huh. the uh the, the converse of it is any mastery requires you to pass your gift on interesting and to create space for yourself as you move into the ethers and make new discoveries Mm -hmm. Um, the um, uh, so it's great to hear that you are on your road to your mastery through you know your ability to pass it on and to share it that's pretty cool that's good Mm -hmm. stuff right there well what a beautiful gift that you're helping people transform internal stuff so they can show up better in the world and use that skill as an artist to a clear space. Because you, what you realize is that the moment you're you're not out of your own way, there's no creating happening. And the moment you go, you know what, I got to go here. I got to find myself 
here for a moment. And even if I have to go to a, to a, a tad bit of boredom to get to the other side, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to sit in it long enough to allow myself to move into something fresh. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful lesson for all of us as artists of some sort or another who have to sit at a computer. Like I write, I write screenplays and stuff oh, wow. like that. So I'll, so I'll sit there, I'll be like, I'll just show up. I don't have a canvas like you, but I sit and I wait and I'll just wait. And then I'll, my attention will go and I'll, I'll type one little word and I'll look at it and I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden this little trickle starts to happen and all of a sudden the floodgates open up and now I'm in it. Mm -hmm. Do you have, do you find a, a similar experience with your work? Yeah, I, I find that most of my ideas come when I'm creating other work. Um, it's sort of this, like you say, these floodgates or like this open channel, you know, you flush out the creative guck that's in your channel or your like uniquely shaped faucet to the divine. And uh, when that's flowing, then more ideas can come through. So these ideas don't typically come when you're sitting with your arms crossed, staring at a blank canvas saying, "Mm, I'm not inspired. Like that's not what inspiration likes to go to. I I don't think it, uh, Picasso had a great uh, statement. He said, inspiration does exist, but it must find you working. And I really (laughs) believe that. And I really experience that it's- Say that again. Inspiration does exist, but it must find you working. Inspiration does exist, but it must find you working. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said, right? That's what I said. And that's what Picasso said. Nice. Nice little nugget. Ring that bell for me, would you? (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. So how, because I've experienced this recently, I've been, you know, working on a, a bunch of creative projects. Because it's like that, it comes through. Um, how do you tame yourself to finish all your your ideas? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, you know what I, mean? I don't. If you look at my, <laughs> if you look in my studio, you'll see twenty unfinished paintings mm. and <laughs> any number of pieces. But I do find I I actually just follow what feels most alive mm. uh, until a certain point. Because if we're only chasing that exciting unveiling of a painting like it's so fun to start a painting and you use big brush strokes and you're working lively energetic lines and it happens fast at the beginning and then there's a certain point like thomas said that you know it it just sort of ends up being a bit monotonous and you have to just follow through and so um not all of it is glamorous thrilling work um a lot of it is just showing up like hour after hour, like day after day and um, just doing the work of like, okay, every little, you know, hair of this bear that I refine is one less hair of the bear that I have to refine. Yeah. So it's not going to paint itself. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And so when a painting gets to be about maybe 80% finished, then I usually focus in and stay with that piece until it's finished. It can be very, very tempting to put aside, uh, you know, a monotonous process of an ambitious painting for some like, ooh, exciting new canvas. You know, you see the moon about it all the time. But at least you know how many hairs there are on a bear. How many hairs (laughs) on a bear? 
I don't know, but I'd say it probably rhymes with Taino. And Cher's from about the bear. <laughs> I miss the bears from up there. Aww. Is that a bear from up there? No, this, no, this bear, I painted it, um, in the spring. So the bears were waking up and they were coming out and, and I was sort of just feeling into that. I think it was in the spring. It was either when the bears were waking up or going to sleep. I know it looks like a sleeping one, but I, I just remember the bears were very active and, um, yeah, it's so it's it's about the bears. It's about that hibernation, that's that safety. It's about the um, connection with the spirit realms, the, the mysterious. Um, and it's also like if you think of the bear as like a big monster, a big creature that is mysterious and unpredictable and um, very powerful. We can liken that to you know, our own internal shadow or the unknown or the ether or the dream state states, um, the place of unknowing in our lives. That's a, a mystery that we don't know actually what's to come. Yeah. And so the idea of, um, you know, not only facing the monster, but of exposing our vulnerability to it. So it's not even that she's, confronted it and is embracing it she's actually sort of turned her vulnerable back to it a little bit and is still cradling that mystery and I think you know we've a lot of us have had um, dreams especially as children I hear again and again from friends who say oh yeah I had a similar dream of, of being chased by a monster oh. and the moment it's usually like for children I've I've realize that it's usually the first time that they might experience lucid dreaming in some way. So you're being chased by a monster or a villain or some creature or some mysterious entity, and it might be a reoccurring dream. And the, the moment that that dream ceases to be a nightmare is the moment that we realize we're dreaming yeah. or that we realize that that monster is not actually a threat. And we turn and we confront it and we say, you have no power over me. And in that moment, like I had a very, very intense dream of that as a, as a child. And in the moment that I confronted that monster, there was just this look that came over its face of vulnerability and almost grief of, wow, like you've taken that, that like fierceness from me. And it became almost like this soft, baby in in its vulnerability and so that's also what this is about is like facing and exposing ourselves to that mystery how beautiful is that wow you just kind of you deep dove there girl and how smart were you because that's the beautiful thing to unlock those especially those nightmares people might be having you know well, who knew in there the was moment. who knew there was so much in a bear? How do we buy that painting? <laughs> uh, you can find it on my Etsy shop. How do we find your stuff? And your well, work? Autumn, I put the links here, but autumnsky.com and then yep. autumnskyart.com. Oh, autumnskyart, excuse me. Yep. And she has prints and the original, and I'll even put this. Autumnsky. Yeah. Dot com. That's the autumn, autumnskyart.com.
And so on Facebook and Instagram, yes. And on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, all of those places, I'm Autumn Sky Art, Sky with an E, like the island. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so all that to say about that bear and, you know, the, the meaning that I infer into it and any experience that you might have with it really is on par. And when people say, what is this painting about? You know, I'm often actually quite hesitant to tell them what I think it's about because I'm just learning as well. Really, I didn't set out with this painting to say, I want to talk to the, you know, the inner child facing her, her monster. It, I just wanted to, you know, I found, I found this, like the concept of that figure first, like was a really beautiful, graceful gesture. And then I was like, Oh, it'd be cool if there was like something poking through there. Like, what is that? Oh, maybe it's a bear. And then, Ooh, like maybe I'll play with this, like, stark pale figure with her dark hair and then a dark shaped animal contrasting it so it started you know and the paintings start that way sometimes they start with just the seed of an idea and they take me on a whole journey and it's only often later that I look back and I'm like oh whoa that was so profound to actually what I was experiencing at the time or what was being experienced by the collective or my community or the world at the time it's it's uh well, it's funny, of, it's fun to listen to you talk because you just kind of talked. I mean, the rational reasoning mind gets a lot of flack, um, the dualistic mind. But it's mm-hmm. interesting to listen to you talk and and coordinate how those two things work together. Because an idea is just just that in relation to another associative juxtaposition, right? Yeah. And then and then and then you go to work. Yeah, it's like yin yang. Yeah, it's like this, and then that, and then all of a sudden something else kicks yeah. in in between, and 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 the, and the gap gets filled and it fills itself up with a surprise. Yeah, uh, my friend put it a really beautiful way. He said, um, "The you know the feminine or the um, the intuition and the receptive part of ourselves is like." wildness of nature it's like there's thorns and flowers and fruits and it's just dripping with aliveness and realness and spikes and and then the masculine or the logical that diligence is like the loving gardener's hands that comes in and like just prunes a little bit and fertilizes a little bit and and supports it so that it can be even more beautiful and even more fruitful You are listening to Indie Creators in the Joy Zone with your host, Thomas Ardovani and Suzanne Toro. We are streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Let's jump into the Joy Zone. abundant and I think of creativity like that too you can't just be full of ideas and no dedication to sit down at the canvas nor can you just be full of dedication and no surrender to the inspiration that's going to flow through so it really is that damn (laughs) you gotta do it all you gotta do it all oh you like it (laughs) discipline inspiration mystery magic it's all there Um, yeah well, and also, I think, if for anyone that's gone to a gallery or a museum, the person observing the painting without even knowing the artist 
is impacted based on their experiences, much like we are in everyday life. So, yeah, uh, yeah you know, it's kind of like asking a musician to explain the song, but it's going to meet everyone the same, differently, not the same necessarily. Yeah, they become mirrors, right? And yeah. the the mirror will always reflect back the the audience. And so I actually consider a painting as never finished because it's always going to take on new meanings as new eyes look at it. Or even after you've been looking at a painting for years and years, you could all of a sudden have some realization that brings you to a new understanding of the piece and of your life. And so it's really that uh, it's a collaboration with the viewer always. Yeah, you're distilling something really magical. It's, uh, you know, brought up in the Zen because the energy in which we put into our environment and the into our art or our food, music, writing, mm -hmm. transmutes, but then also the exchange of the energy of the person that engages with whatever's created uh, leaves a, a whole other impression. Well, it's interesting. I mean, there's, there's subjective art, right? And then you have this more objective art. And your art seems to have some sense of realism, and then you're creating this magic by juxtaposing these two basic symbols of the feminine and a bear to each other and for all of us have, depending on how we feel about a bear and how we feel about a woman uh, that, that'll that'll determine how we feel about it but what's given and what makes it objective or long-lasting is the fact that we will feel something mm. uh, so the like you know like in a movie you know like everybody goes to a movie well we know it's a great movie because the audience is doing the dance with everybody they're, everybody's on the same page reacting at the same spot at the same time, their reaction may be different. One guy may laugh, one guy may cry, one girl may laugh. But at that spot, at that moment, that those that that scene adds up, we're responding to it. And um, in, a, in a film that's not very good, or a painting that's maybe more ambiguous and not so directed, or done without consciousness, um, there's more static. There's more opinion. There's more. Mm -hmm. No, I don't feel that. No, I don't feel that. And you know, did the tree fall? in the woods and make a sound or did it not fall well when i'm looking at yeah. a painting I, and it's in a gallery clearly somebody knows that that painting in that gallery uh, is making some noise because yeah. we're because we're responding to it reacting to it and that's what the grapes kind of have and uh you seem to have it gosh darn it look at that <laughs> i mean it's just like crazy crazy beautiful stuff it's like uh um how much time like in this little little piece of work that we're looking at right now went into uh, crafting that. Is that a self-portrait? Uh, no, not specifically. Though they say that even the portrait painter will always paint themselves into their into their subjects. Uh, so they take on some some inkling, but no, that's not... I wish my lips were that big. Um, <laughs> Wild Abandon is the title. She, she, she painted in her wish. She wished her wish for that day. Yeah, so I've never actually kept track of my hours. I don't consider it a really important part of the creative process. I don't actually have a clock in my studio unless I need to be somewhere. Um, so, because there's so much time, nebulous time in that dance. Sometimes, you know, I might spend 
hours or days on something only to have this inspiration come through that I need to paint over that and do something totally different. So do I count all of that time of doing and undoing or other times I'll lay awake in bed, listen, uh, listening, no, you know, slip, uh, but uh, thinking about the piece and listening. Um, and so does that time count? And it just really doesn't factor in as an important piece necessarily but I would guess that my paintings like the one that you're showing now of uh, Mary Magdalene there um, some might take up to four or five hundred hours some of the smaller ones like the one you were showing previously with the uh, girl with the wheat in her hair and the little bird that one might be less maybe 60 or 80 hours I don't know it actually could be 200 or it could be 30 I don't know it's uh, it's just the it's space of flow and joy there's, that I get into. There's no and... such thing as time, anyways. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but space. it takes a lot of... And you just paint until it's finished. People say, how do you know when it's finished? And I say, well, it tells me. And sometimes it sneaks up on me. And I've, you know, I'm just working away, refine, refine, and tweak everything, and like treat everything. So I go through and treat all the little hairs on the wheat all the <laughs> same way. And then all of a sudden I think, oh, it's done. Yeah. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Okay. And uh, because if I'm constantly looking towards the end goal, then it makes are. it a slog and it just takes all the joy out of it. So I just have to, and again, this is how it, and you know, I see it in my students and my teaching and it has te taught me so much about just being present in the moment, like enjoying every little breaststroke and every little moment, just breathe, just be there. Because if we're constantly looking towards the end, like what are we just looking towards the day we're gonna die? Like, no, this this idea of work until you retire and then you'll finally be happy or work until the weekend and then you can finally let go. Like that, I remember in school, man, that just terrified me. The concept of like, squandering life in order to have these like little punctuations of joy yeah. and uh yeah well nobody told me that i could be an artist when i grow up i just did what i wanted to do so you are an indie creator in the joy zone you sort of just defined pretty much what we're what we try to do here at indie creators in the joy zone is to find people like you that find this universal thing within their work that uh, hmm. you just described and that I, okay. I'm not allowed to get ahead of myself if I expect a certain particular type of result. I'm not allowed to get ahead of myself if I want to be happy or, mm -hmm. or, or make discoveries or have realizations or use this process to develop uh, further as a human being. You're just mm -hmm. not allowed to get ahead of yourself. Uh, but yet yeah. this entire culture is set up to get ahead of ourselves and it creates a lot of undue stress and a lot of uh, negativity, a lot of illness, uh, a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah. uh, and with these arts, with an art, um, there's a there's a demand that comes with it, <laughs> and that we have to be where we are with our skill set in order to wait for that moment where the hand moves to the canvas. It's a waiting, right? It's like a surfer waiting for a wave, lining himself yeah. up, waiting, waiting for divine inspiration, but knowing, hey, if I line myself up, the wave's coming. Yeah. 
And often I feel like too, if you, if you don't know what to do in a certain place, work on what you do know. So often if I have, if I have some mystery in a painting of, oh, well, I don't actually know what's in the figure's hand, or I don't know what the background is going to be, then I work on what I do know. And sometimes that means jumping to another piece and waiting for the information. Or sometimes it means just doing some other part of the painting that I am clear on. And the same goes for life, you know, like, should I take this job or do this thing? Well, if you don't know yet, then you probably don't have all the information. So just work on what you do know. Do you need to put away your laundry or, you know, <laughs> go for a walk or whatever it is, just, or stay at the job that you're at. Like, just do what you do know. And when that change comes or that information comes, you'll feel it and you'll know it. And, and I think that that's where we get in trouble too, is because we, we think of into this, these ultimates, like you're saying, like, do I uh, look forward to the end and therefore miss all the beautiful moments in between or miss my life? so to speak, or do I stay present, but then sometimes we can fall into apathy and lose our rudder and not plan for the future. And so it's this paradox that we're constantly dancing with of like, pay attention, surrender, look forward, be present. And yeah. it's like, what's <laughs> called for in this moment, like I was yeah. saying with my students, what's called for in this moment, self-compassion or pushing myself. Right. Like, both can be simultaneously true. You know, the, the paradox of like, everything everybody does around you is totally their own thing and it has nothing to do with you. Don't take anything personally. And everything you witness is your mirror. It's yeah. all personal, it all has something to teach you. It's like, how can those two ultimate truths be simultaneously coexisting? Oh. Well, it's like, well, what's your medicine in your moment? And yeah, yeah. the polarities of the universe. Yeah, all around us. And you, as you speak, you're really describing that grand Leela, you know, that we're in a dance. And that's what I felt when you're like, be present, look forward, step back, you know, it's like all of those things have to be considered. If you think about if you're doing a formal dance, that you have to consider the next move, but you also need to be present with the current step, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, so you do it so beautifully. And I, I think if you could share to the other indie creators and artists that tune in here, uh, maybe that they're, they're at that infancy stage for themselves or get gathering confidence. Could you share some words of inspiration or uh, encouragement for them so that they, because a lot of times people might get discouraged. I know when I studied architecture design, you know, you're, you're in a room with a bunch of people that have different skill sets and you can that's pretty intense, you know, and you have I to... Hasn't she just been doing that for 40 minutes? No, but I... <laughs> you just had her doing it for 40 minutes. She wants she, to ring the bell. She has a little curl <laughs> right here. I feel it. So you know what I'm saying. Um, just yeah. for that person, if you could encourage them. That might be sitting here listening and saying, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, well, I think that um, what you touched on it there, sitting in a room with a bunch of other people, um, comparison is such a... A temptation and it's such a killer of creativity you and I see it in my classes where people are sitting next to somebody and they're either bolstered by like haha I'm doing better than that person All right, which or, one's better, this one or that one yeah exactly and it's or it's like oh that person's prettier than me or that person's a, no, a faster runner well I would say you know one took more time a lot more time <laughs> the other 
the one that took less time and actually has less skill involved in it actually got a stronger reaction from people. Mm. So you never so, know. So what, like, I, what I did is just screw you up. You see what I mean? I, <laughs> I, I, just put, I just put your attention on the least important, relevant thing. But to the outside world, that comparison, that competition, that yeah. understanding is so prevalent to everybody else. Whereas in the process, that question even to yourself is enough to stop you in your tracks, right? <laughs> You actually really touched on it there because you say, okay, well, which one's better? And I could tell you, yeah, one took more time and has more skill involved. It was more technically ambitious, but the other one maybe has more spirit in it that people have connected to or or whatever it is that people connect with. It's, or maybe it's the, it speaks more to the ethos of the time. I don't know, but it's, it's just, or maybe it's a graphic thing. It's this bullseye of a composition that people are drawn to. I don't know what it is. And so I don't mm -hmm. try, people say, what are your favorite painting? I don't, I don't know. It's like whatever one I'm looking at, I guess. But <laughs> the, compare, the, the temptation of comparison is always gonna leave us wanting it's always going to leave us uh in a in a sticky and uninspired space because there's always going to be somebody that's better and always going to be somebody that's not as good and so what's the point instead what i would say to the young listeners and any uh, you know creatives any creatives of any part of their career really and it's something that i continue to learn and continue to digest on deeper and deeper levels is just to be willing to keep showing up, to listen, to make mistakes and to stay with it and to look for where those mistakes might actually be blessings and guiding us to new places, um, to allow your style to surprise you. Mm. I think- Allow your style to surprise you. <laughs> You know, we might actually be drawn to abstract art, but our hand might be more honed to surrealism or vice versa. Like maybe we're more of an impressionist, even though we really like um, very, very refined work. And so we might think we are something. And, you know, I speak as broadly and as, you know, <laughs> macrocosmly as, as, as you want to take this. We think we might be something and the more we can relax into what we are, the more we realize mm. that that's exactly what we need to be. And it probably doesn't look like we think it's going to look, right? If we get all hung up on, well, by the time I'm 32, I'm going to be married with two and a half kids and a white picket fence and a Labrador retriever or something. Yeah. If we don't have that, then we think we've failed. Or if we don't paint the painting exactly like our meditation injected into our mind, then we think we failed. Instead of being open to that mystery and just showing up and doing the best we can with the tools we have at the time, and it might look a lot different. And maybe being um, a digital nomad and living in Paraguay is actually more you than a white picket fence. Yeah. But whatever that looks like, as long as you're inspired and you're in joy and you're living what you feel like on purpose and, and supporting people and helping and 
sharing information and as long as you're feeling alive then you're exactly where you need to be mm -hmm. so whatever art you're making if it's fun then fucking make it it's <laughs> yeah and i don't believe in artist blocks either so if you are like telling yourself or people have tried to diagnose you that you have an artist block <laughs> then i would say that's a self-perpetuating myth the best thing you can yeah. do is make art anyways yeah. and it doesn't like especially if it's not pretty so get a piece of newspaper or cardboard with like you know the brick point uh, printed on the other side or whatever some yeah. amazon box get a piece of charcoal from the fire or crayons from your kid and scribble or go to the beach and draw in the sand or go onto your driveway and draw with a big piece of chalk whatever it is just get your body involved make a mess burn it or let the tide come and wash the sand or away or whatever it is somebody can let but don't do it for you to love it or for anybody else to love it if we if we think we're gonna release ourselves of the myth of artist block by you know working on a fresh blank canvas we're kidding ourselves because there is nothing more terrifying than a fresh blank canvas yeah. so instead <laughs> oh, it's something exactly. you don't care about that you can't save even if you wanted to because you might love it sure yeah. take a photo post it on instagram you know make prints or whatever but don't do it for that right get something that you know you can't keep and hang in a museum and make a mess yeah, and then make another mess and then when you step back in front of that blank white canvas you probably are going to feel a little freer and yeah. you might have gotten some really great ideas from the mess you made in the driveway so <laughs> just make art anyways don't tell yourselves that you have an artist block just because you're sitting with your arms crossed in front of a big, expensive canvas, get out, move your body, make art. You're funny. You're, you're, like, a, you're like a she's a female Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh, some people may or may not like me because of that. Know, you can make up your own minds. Yeah. Well, I was thinking earlier. I'm like, oh, well, she, if, if, if all hell goes into a handbasket, you could be a therapist too. Um, but you're too fine of an artist to have that happen. But. <laughs> well, 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 listen, so we got, we had you for 55 minutes. And so, so the big question is, is if you were God, what would be the three things you would bestow upon your human community right now? Ooh. Mm. Thank right. God. Mm. Three things. You just take one at a time. We'll break them down. Okay. Um, probably creative permission. Creative permission is number one. From our I, well, they're not not necessarily in order. Like I could go through the like, like am I volunteering for or am I? Um, you're just you know, offering going from the American here. You're, you're <laughs> offering I, it up to humanity. You're, you're to good. Humanity. You're well, I'd say with creative permission comes uh, a lot of ingenuity a lot of inventions, a lot of freedom of expression and um, creative solutions to the myriad of deafening problems that are, oh, you know, screaming from That's every you. angle. Could you say number two again? Well, that, that goes all oh, that is one. This all goes <laughs> it's all That's one. Because what creative permission does. This is, uh, it frees up. The, the conceptual line and then everything it encompasses. 
Creative permission. Yeah. So we're really simple-minded over here. We'll keep we'll keep it at that. Creative permission. That's a great okay, but these are not necessarily in order because that's sorry, just number two. I'm sort of like the intuitive chess player. Like I don't sit there and like think three steps yeah. ahead. I just like oh, there's a move. I'll but take you it. You know what? This so is for our audience, and we and the mere mortals. Us mere mortals thinking one, two, three, or the top ten, or the top five. Oh, okay, okay, okay. One. Okay, can I say world peace? Is that one like? What does that mean to you? <laughs> um. Let's say uh, inner peace, inner which uh, would translate to world peace. I think. What, what, is that, uh, what does that? What does that look like? Inner peace. Ah, uh, inner peace is. So does it being, look like? Does it look like this? How about that? Does it look like that one? Do you see it? Yeah. Like that with the little heart. You see the heart. The painting with the heart. Yeah. That so that piece is called fierce love, and so that I'd say yes, it's it's being present in our body. Therefore, we are present in our environment, um, and which ripples out to being present in our global community. And they, you know, it's to create any positive change. I really believe in that concept of starting at home. We start with ourselves, and that trickles out. If you want to heal your family you heal yourself if you want right, to so creative creative freedom number one inner peace number two demonstrated by that beautiful painting that you have that we can which would translate to world, world. .com. we can find that painting at autumn sky dot art dot com so goddess so goddess so what's number three um the next thing that comes to mind and you know if i I'm sure for hours I'll chew on this and be like, oh, I should have said that thing. Well, you're going to come back. You're going to come back again. Don't worry about that. Yeah, okay, okay. Good. Shoot. I'll, I'll study. You should have sent this question to me a while ago. Um, <laughs> no, we don't want to do next, that. That would be very unartist-like of you. <laughs> the next thing that comes to mind would probably be humor. Mm. Uh, just fucking don't take it so seriously. We just get so hung up on everything being so serious and heavy and weighty like it's just you know the old like that bill hicks um skit where he's talking about it's just a ride did you ever hear that yeah you know goes up and down and dips yeah. this way and that way and you know it's very exciting and and sometimes we forget we're on the ride and but it's just a ride and so if if we can keep humor at ourselves you know when you say something you're like oh my god i can't believe i said that stupid thing instead if we can just laugh at ourselves and be like oh silly me whatever or oh like it's i think with that humor comes sort of um an internal observer or witness so that we can say oh i'm feeling this ex this experience right now i'm feeling this emotion it's huge and keeping your humor, even if it's a heavy emotion, um, say, well, how silly of me feeling jealous or feeling um, competitive or feeling angry about that thing. In the grand scheme of things, we're just a tiny speck on a tiny speck hurling through space. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. And, I, love that you, and, I love that you said humor because that's, that we're definitely, we good. definitely need a return to that. So what are, what's our top three? She, what is it? So, number one. Freedom to number express one, yourself. Freedom, freedom yep, to express freedom. yourself. Yep, Inner freedom. peace. 
and yep. God damn it, have a sense of Lighten humor. Up. Lighten sense up. Sense of humor. It's not that big a deal. You know, it's it's like simultaneously, again, it's that paradox. It's like, it's not that big a deal. We're just a little fleck of nothingness in the sea of infiniteness for a very short amount of time. And the universe is absolutely depending on you to yep. live your joy, to connect with other living beings, to heal, to grow, to heal generations, to fortify you know the new generations and like all of those things are simultaneously true very important not a big deal so yeah. find what you Polarity. need what's your medicine <laughs> in this moment you need to take it more serious or less and do that but i in general think that people need to take things a little less serious not to the point that they're flippant or that they you know just zone out and watch netflix forever because what's the point anyways like that's not what i mean by humor humor to me is like get the cosmic joke it's just yeah. a ride and <laughs> do your best like make change do the things help the world and they like, create solutions with joy in your heart wow what a wonderful yeah. goddess you, you would be you, you you we would be in good hands with you and we'd have a better time than we're having maybe some of us <laughs> right now I'll tell you that, and you know, you're a wonderful artist. You're a wonderful person that certainly shines through, and it, I can see you doing this into your 90s. Like you're going to be turning this out. I can feel, I can feel the evolution yeah. in your in your spirit there. So you'll be here. I'm your just work will be here long after we're all gone. I have a feeling. <laughs> it's it's beautiful, Autumn. You're such a gift, and I'm glad I stumbled upon you uh, there at uh, the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> Likewise. Well, listen. You have a you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for your time. Look for this. We'll send this to you when it's a little bit more produced, and uh, you can share it with your friends. Thank family. you, Thomas. Thank you, Suzanne. It's such a pleasure, and thanks for the great conversation. Lovely. See, we got we got in this zone, and the time flew by. So <laughs> we were doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all come back and see us now. You hear? <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. There you go. So, what a treat! Did you? What a, what a treat! I, how do I? Are, are we still on? Yeah, we are. I'm still here. Okay, you, you, you can sign out. We're going to talk uh, nice about you, and I'm going to send. You okay. <laughs> okay, I'll not Bye. listen in. Ciao, bella. I'm going to think about those those ideas for God next time. I'm going to really. I'm going to be good ones. Very, those very are perfect. I mean, you give everyone interviews. What more do you need to do? Why would you go <laughs> and destroy your spontaneity? Don't do that. See, just like we, well, I, I, out of you. we don't want to yeah, give you answers. We don't want to give you questions. Clean up the ocean and save the monarch butterflies. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff we got to do. But. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much. Such thank a pleasure. You. And I uh, look forward to chatting more. Okay. Ciao, Bella. Bye. Bye. So, autumnskyart.com. Isn't that beautiful? Autumnskyart.com. Yeah. So, what a gift. Two gifts today filled with joy and wisdom. And. A beautiful pairing. Yeah, it definitely, definitely makes you. Uh, they they put you in the zone when they go there and they start dropping in. You can feel their energy, and you can see both of them kind of open up simultaneously the moment they actually get into their craft. It's fun to watch that uh, that transformation, uh, as it is to watch and to see art. You know, that's living art. Yep. Um, Which all of us are missing. I miss the galleries and the museums. I guess you can see a few galleries, but it's a blessed that we can receive it visually online and out in Mother Nature. 
Anytime you want, I guess. It's just a flip of a switch. I think that's what these artists are, are really bestowing upon you, that uh, the art of living and existing uh, is what art brings us back to. Like, you, it can remind us to improve the moment at hand and to value and to savor uh, each breath. Absolutely. And she, she was talking about the breath initially. Gonna <laughs> jump in on her, but she was on a roll. But I, <laughs> I didn't get to get in there. But she, she talked about the inhalation and the exhalation a, a bit. Uh, and I would bet that she would use that in, in her meditative repose, getting into her work, just to settle in. I would bet. Yeah. Well, up where she is, there's quite quite an art, artist colony. It's a kind of a special creator space, the community, and. Uh, so, and then the nature in itself is so powerful. Uh, she definitely would be connected to her breath up there with all those trees and the water. Well, good. Well, well, well this is uh, Tom Sardivani and Suzanne Toro on Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Google Play, iTunes, Pandora, uh, SoundCloud, and many, many other players. I think a couple are escaping me in the moment. Uh, we'll be putting the links to those in the next week when these shows are airing on those medi mediums. So just come back to the page at Indie Creators in the Joy Zone here or on Instagram or Twitter and you'll see shows that you can click on and that'll take you to where you prefer. And if you are on one of those mediums, just look us up, Indie Creators in the Joy Zone and uh, come back next week we have a music musician jameson uh and one other individual next week that's escaping me in this moment but mm, mm. a soulful singer from socal will be here next week for sure oh good well there well there you go all right y'all uh let me let me pick you out with a bong hit no i'm just kidding <laughs> all that and you book into it <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. All right, have a, have a good evening. Stay safe. You are listening to Indie Creators in the Joy Zone with your hosts, Thomas Artivani and Suzanne Toro. We are streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and Amazon Music. Let's jump into the Joy Zone.
So follow, follow the sun, the direction of the birds, the direction of the birds.